Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by Vox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin. Stefan Gilmore go to the Patriots. Now they let Mike Gillisley go to the Patriots. Are they now just the farm club within their own division? Greg. He's one of these faux-leading women. It's like, that's not Angelina Jolie or Jennifer Aniston. It's some girl that I would see at the Circle K. That's kind of Alshon Jeffrey. And Ryan. There is absolutely no reason why O.J. Howard should be drafted before Cameron Brate. So here we go. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. Week four, or sorry, week three is almost completely in the books uh, with the Dallas uh, Cardinals game still continuing as it's going into the fourth quarter now. Uh, and so we're going to cover waiver wires today as well as cover some news and notes. Uh, with me for today's episode, we have Dante, who is our tight end staff writer. Uh, and so we want to thank you for joining the show uh, as we highlight a few of our staff writers this week uh, in the absence uh, of Ryan uh, for a couple of days. And so thank you for joining the show. No problem, man. Happy to be here. Uh, and so we'll start off the show um, with some very, very heartbreaking news uh, that happened to Eagles running back Darren Sproles, who not only did he tear his ACL, but broke his arm um, on the same play. He's officially been placed on IR. Um, I have not seen the hit that caused the injury. Uh, I'm not sure I want to see it after hearing uh, the ramifications of the injury, but do you think that this could be the end of Darren Sproles' career? Uh, it's definitely a major setback for him. I wouldn't say it's the, not the end, but it's definitely a setback for Darren Sproles. Yeah, uh, it's one of those things that it, it's unfortunate that it happened. Our, our thoughts and prayers are with him in his recovery. The fantasy implications are, uh, unfortunately for me, and some of the advice that I had given uh, perfect quote-unquote or ironic timing I'll put I had uh, given probably four or five different people uh, advice to trade or drop LeGarrette Blunt, who now becomes more or less the the starting running back there uh, a little bit of a timeshare with Smallwood but I think Blunt is still the 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 lead back there um, but moving on JJ Nelson was active for the week three game against the Cowboys, currently has one target and no catches. Um, we had a listener last night ask in uh, what our projection was for J.J. Nelson this week. I thought high 20s, but right now not really producing anything. Um, your thoughts on J.J. Nelson now that uh, Fitzgerald has really uh, cemented himself in tonight's performance, uh, currently with 100 yards, 10 catches, and a touchdown. Do you think J.J. Nelson – fades a little bit or do you think you can see production from him when he's healthy I think when JJ Nelson is healthy he definitely has some upside tremendous upside so I mean tonight the Dallas D-line is definitely getting after Carson so I'd still say he has some tremendous upside going forward uh moving on uh speaking today Jack Del Rio said that Amari Cooper um has got to find a way to fix his issues with his drops. Uh, unfortunately, had a couple of drops in the game yesterday, and the Raiders just looked awful uh, in all aspects of the game. Their defense could only do so much, considering that their offense did nothing. Um, 
No offensive weapon uh, outside of the tight end really did anything with Carr struggling. Uh, Cooper and Crabtree only getting one catch. Uh, and Marshawn Lynch struggling to run the ball. Uh, is this a a warning sign for Oakland owners, or is this more speaking to a surprisingly deep and good Washington Redskins defense? I think we're uh, we're underrating the Washington defense. I think that uh, those guys out there definitely played hard. One catch is terrible for both Cabrera and Cooper, and definitely Cooper has to fix his issues with the drops. But I don't think there's too much worry for Oakland fans. Uh, moving on, ESPN's Adam Schefter reports that Tyler Eifert, Eifert will miss multiple weeks with a back injury. Uh, I saw one report that could see him out from anywhere from four to six weeks. Um, I was not a big fan of Eifert in the offseason just because of his injury issues. And now with this uh, coming up, we'll talk about some options for individuals to pick up uh, from a tight end perspective. Um, do you think this helps the other wide receivers in the offense, or, or does the absence of Eifert really hurt Cincinnati moving forward, even considering their own three? Cincinnati's offensive season has been abysmal. It has been bad, bad in the beginning. Um, as for Eifert's injury, watching the tight ends, I know Eifert can't really stay healthy, can't really stay on the field. I think this is a boost for A.J. Green. I think if you have A.J. Green, you guys should be excited about what's about to come in that Bengals offense. Yeah, I think uh, now the offense has warmed up a little bit. They, they were playing no slouch in Green Bay. Green Bay has had a quality defense this year uh, with what they did against Seattle. Uh, and so um, quality defense from Green Bay, very, very streamable defense depending on matchups. I know a lot of people grabbed uh, Green Bay's defense for the Cincinnati Bengals matchup. Um, on Andrew Luck, watch Colts coach Chuck Pagano says it's a possibility that Andrew Luck gets cleared to practice this week. Um, even uh, if he'll be clear or he'll need to be cleared through medical, but signs are positive. Um, we had talked about a mid-range uh, in October start for Andrew Luck in a couple of early earlier episodes and this kind of puts him on track. Um, how long are you holding on luck um, leading up to his start? Would you would you look to start him immediately, or are you looking to wait uh, until after a game uh, to see what his production would be? I think you got to start Andrew Luck immediately, knowing that he's in the AFC South, which holds my Titans, who have issues with the secondary. You've got to look to hold on to start Andrew Luck as soon as you get him. Yeah, uh, congrats to the uh, your Tennessee Titans for beating my Seattle Seahawks this week. That was a rather ugly game um, it was. It, it, from my perspective. Um, <laughs> not a lot uh, transpired in the first half, but boy, were there a lot of points scored in the second half. And so um, moving on, Chargers running back Melvin Gordon is dealing with a bone bruise in his knee. Uh, which limited him on Sunday. It's very minor, according to reports. He did want to go back in. I think that's him being a football player. Um, does this have you concerned about Melvin Gordon moving forward, and are you looking to handcuff him possibility or possibly uh, with a backup from San Diego if you have him? I think at this point you guys got to go ahead and look for a handcuff. Anytime a player is injured until they get that green light on the Sunday, it's definitely a reason for concern. So if you've got Melvin Gordon, go ahead and handcuff him with one of the San Diego Chargers running backs. 
Uh, we did just have a listener question come in, and I want to uh, take a break to cover this one really quick. Um, Abdullah or Riddick, in terms of running backs moving forward for the rest of the year, which do you like better in fantasy? I think I'm going to go ahead and go with Riddick, especially if you're in the PPR league. I think his catch-up signings will put some sets him aside. Uh, I would agree. Uh, I think Amir Abdullah really has only been a running down running back. Um, Riddick has proven himself over the last couple of years to be very, very valuable uh, in the pass catching role as a PPR receiver and Detroit will continue to throw the ball uh, because that's the strength of their offense. They just paid millions of dollars to Stafford. They're going to continue to throw the ball uh, moving forward. Uh, Moving on, uh, x-rays came back negative on Matt Forte's toe injury, so not a lot of concern there. Bilal Powell did get more production this week. Um, I believe it's only a matter of time before Forte begins to have much more injuries uh, of note um, and will uh, pave the way for Bilal Powell to have much more involvement. Uh, Rob Kelly did not get a lot of playing time yesterday. I don't think he was even active, but remains day-to-day. Do you think that this uh, is something they will continue to hold off considering Thompson's production from the running back perspective? I think the way Thompson's playing, I think he's going to be soon to be the starter in Washington. So I'd pay more attention to Thompson. And as long as uh, Rob stays day-to-day, you know, monitor the situation going forward. Uh, Yeah, I don't think there has been a player so far this year that has done more with less than Thompson this year. Not really getting a lot of carries uh, in terms of he's not getting more than 15 touches per game. Um, But I think in terms of fantasy fantasy production, I don't think there's a single player who is is averaging more points per touch uh, than Thompson right now. Um, Bradford is uncertain to play in week four. Um, with Case Keenum's production this last week against what was thought to be a tough Buccaneers defense, do you have any concerns about starting someone like Diggs or Thielen now that um, there's some uncertainty with Bradford, but Case Keenum showed up? I don't think there's any concern. Uh, Case Keenum threw for, I think, over 300 against a tough Bucks defense, which I had. They gave me negative two in my ESPN league. So <laughs> I would stick with those wide receivers in Minnesota without the problem. Uh, yeah, I I would do the same. Um, it's an interesting uh, pick uh, going into next week. They play the Detroit Lions, who have had a turnover and scored a touchdown in each of the first three games of the season. Uh, possible streaming pick, but I still think Minnesota rolls in that game. Uh, but we'll get to uh, next week's matchup and a couple of the later episodes uh, of the week. Uh, Julio Jones is dealing with a lower back injury and will be limited in practice this week. Um, I think this just starts the um, Taylor Gabriel. The, the ongoing saga that is Julio Jones' injury history. Um, if it's not a toe, it's a back. Uh, he's an incredible talent. If he is healthy, you have to play him. You cannot bench someone um, who you spent that high a draft stock on, much like o- Odo Beckham Jr., even in the first week coming back, you knew he wasn't going to get much, but the value is there because of the talent that's there. Um, are you concerned with his injuries now starting in week three 
that he may be – there may be more drama down the road throughout the rest of the season? I think as a fantasy owner and a Julio Jones owner, you know part of your path or your plight is having injuries with them. So going forward, you got to take that risk. It's the same thing you said absolutely with Odell. Uh, moving on, Jordan Howard is absent from the Bears' Week 4 injury report. I think this is fantastic news considering all of his injuries were removed from the injury report just before the game, was 100% healthy, um, arrived and was a truck against the Steelers with over 130 yards on the ground and now has no injuries. Moving forward, um, he should be that instant starter that you shouldn't have any questions about or any fears, even with Tariq Cohen behind him. Jordan Howard was involved more in the passing game uh, this week as well. Uh, Samaje Pirine has been diagnosed with a bruised hand in his day-to-day. Um, once again, we talked that Thompson's going to get even more carries now with Rob Kelly out. I think anyone that grabbed Thompson off the waiver wire or had hit or was smart enough or lucky enough to draft him uh, is going to be very, very happy over the next two to three weeks, uh, depending on how things go. They do have a buy there in week five. Um, Getting on to the Carolina Panthers, Coach uh, Ron Rivera concern, or confirms that uh, wide receiver Kelvin Benjamin's MRI on his knee showed no structural damage, which is good news, not only for the Carolina Panthers, but for anyone who owns Kelvin Benjamin. Um, it was a little scary of an injury in that game. I thought, based on how he went down, something was torn. Um, but your thoughts currently on the Carolina Panthers offense. Right now they've struggled. They did well with Christian McCaffrey and getting him involved this last week. But what concerns do you have moving forward for anyone from the Carolina Panthers? Definitely. And it's if Cam, if Cam Newton is the heartbeat of that team, as long as he goes, that Carolina offense will go. And if he's not going, then it's going to be difficult for those wide receivers and Christian McCaffrey to, to get any kind of production out of them. Moving on, Seahawks wide receiver Doug Baldwin uh, will have an MRI, but early word is that his injury is not serious. Um, had a groin issue, what was later released later uh, this afternoon. Uh, by the time you hear this podcast, it will have been yesterday. Uh, he's dealing with a slight ankle issue as well, so he got banged up uh, by that Titans defense. Um, and then uh, Jordan Reed, uh, continues to have his injuries uh, and was inactive for week three. I'm looking for anyone who has uh, Jordan Reed. Listen to the show later on. We're going to cover what you're supposed to do if you've got Jordan Reed uh, moving on. Is there any other uh, piece of information that you want to cover before we move on into the waiver wire section? I think that's it. We can move right on. Uh, a score update for those of you who are watching the show live. It is now 21 to 17. Dallas ahead of Arizona. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald now getting around 30 points, depending on your scoring method, with 11 catches, 122 yards, and a touchdown. Really being the the big story of the night. Uh, the other one being Ezekiel Elliott, kind of struggling right now, only with 70 yards on the ground and 14 through the air. And so uh, as we get into our uh, waiver wire uh, portion of the show. 
Uh, let's uh, do a quick little read for one of our sponsors. Vox DFS Firelines is one of the industry leaders in consulting and providing DFS lineups uh, for just about any sport on any platform. Vox DFS has lineup experts that will help you pull in cash. Vox consultants will also teach you how to bankroll management so that you can learn what contests to play and when so you don't overextend yourself. Uh, Ryan is a staff writer for Vox uh, for their NFL line creations uh, and he's very, very successful there. So if you want to play fantasy football DFS style, go over to VoxDFS.com. That's V-O-K-S-D-F-S.com today and tell them that the guys from Skull King Fantasy Football sent you. So now on into the waiver wire selections. We'll start at the quarterback position. Uh, Dante, who do you have as a quarterback waiver wire pickup for this week? My waiver wire pickup may not be a popular one, but we talked about earlier. Case Keenum is mine. Going forward, he has Thielen in a good offense. I think as long as Bradford is out, you can stream Case Keenum, and I think you'll get some good production out of him. Uh, I like that pick. Um, not one of the two that I've uh, thought of, but I, I can see the, the mindset there. Um, often people are going to have the concern that you are chasing points. Uh, Keenum now in his second start um, uh, really, really excelled moving forward. Uh, Rudolph was kind of ignored throughout the game with only one catch. Um, but with the weapons and the running game support from Dalvin Cook, I think Keenum is a great add for this week for anyone uh, who has Sam Bradford uh, as their starting quarterback or is looking to add some some depth to their, to their lineup. Mine, uh, I have two. Eli Manning, who's currently owned in 17% of leagues, um, had a very, very good game this week against a somewhat depleted Eagles defense. So I'm going to hold off having too much hype based off of this game. But I was a buyer in Eli Manning leading up to the season with the additions of Evan Ingram and Brandon Marshall. Marshall has been kind of a wash so far this season. Um, and though they've had rough games to start, uh, the Giants are going to throw the ball on offense moving forward. So the production's going to only come from the pass game. They will have to mix in the run a little bit. Um, but if you're looking for a spot starter or quality depth to have a second option from the quarterback perspective, uh, I believe that Eli is your guy. Uh, this second one is Deshaun Watson, currently owned in only 12% of leagues. Uh, in our deep sleeper episode leading up to the season, he was someone that Ian, uh, our quarterback writer, talked about, or sorry, our wide receiver writer talked about as a deep sleeper. Uh, Watson almost became the first rookie to ever beat Bill Belichick uh, in his rookie season. Uh, threw for over 300 yards, is able to make plays with his legs, um, and has the Browns... Uh, and uh, the Titans, sorry, uh, coming up, uh, and Seattle, who, from what I saw from yesterday, um, I don't know if Seattle is a defense that I feel comfortable with starting every week just because the offense is so inconsistent. The defense played almost three-quarters of that game, even with the offense scoring uh, 28 points and throwing the ball for 360 yards. The defense is on the field too much. That's why it's concerning for Seattle moving forward. It's something they have to fix. Uh, moving on to the running back perspective, I'll let you go first here as well. My running back, I'm going to go with Wendell Smallwood. Uh, by my standard, I think he had 17% on in leagues. 
With Blunt, a lot of people have Blunt going forward, but Wendell Smallwood, I think, will have touches. He had 12 carries for 71 yards when Small, I mean, excuse me, when Sproles went out. So you can look for Wendell Smallwood to step up in production. Uh, I can see that. It also falls into my, um, I don't want to say anti-Blunt rhetoric, um, but Blunt hasn't had the production for any team other than Bill Belichick in New England. Um, (laughs) In his stint with the Buccaneers, he had a little bit of flash his rookie season. In his stint um, with, uh, with the Steelers, massive struggles there. Um, Bilicek saw the talent, was able to put quality people around him uh, to make him or to have great decisions around him. Um, but I don't see Blount being fantasy relevant really for the long term. And right now, it's a coin toss. I would probably lean Smallwood um, because he's younger and has a little bit more chemistry with the team. Um, I'm going to go with Jamal Charles. Uh, currently owned in 22.2% of leagues. Uh, yes, that Jamal Charles, who has struggled with injuries over the last two years, uh, but a few things that I want to point out. C.J. Anderson has never had a season of more than 180 carries, and that was two years ago. Um, he's currently on pace for over 250 carries, even with only getting nine carries this last week. Um, I think they're going to uh, split the backfield a little bit more now with – Charles proving that he's healthy and able and ready to go. C.J. Anderson, they're going to do a little bit more control of his carries in production. I think there's going to be a little bit more of a 50-50, but Jamal Charles and the talent that is there could have an outside shot of leaping over Anderson as the lead back there. Uh, I don't see anyone getting above more than 60% really moving forward uh, if this week is any indication of the production moving forward. Um, I do like Alvin Kamara and Chris Carson, but we've covered those two on previous episodes. Uh, Kamara will continue to be involved in the Saints passing game, really a PPR pickup. And Chris Carson is a starting running back for an offensive team, should be owned in every league. Uh, Moving on to the wide receiver perspective, who do you have as a wide receiver pickup for this week? My wide receiver pickup is going to be Sterling Shepard. You said it previously that Eli Manning is going to be throwing the ball in New York. Their running game and that offensive line isn't what it's supposed to be. And Brandon Marshall as a number two hasn't lived up to the hype that we thought we would in New York. He has a couple of drops. So I'm going I'm going to go ahead and go with Sterling Shepard as our, as our wide receiver pickup. Uh, I have him as well. Um... The piece that I like to to highlight is the number two receiver for Eli Manning has been fantasy viable regardless of who it is over the last two or three years. Last year that was Sterling Shepard. I think that will continue this year with Brandon Marshall having his issues so far. Um, I really like that pick. Uh, I like Mohamed Sanu, currently owned in 40% of leagues. Sanu has been incredibly consistent so far through the first three weeks, scoring 10, 13, and 12 points according to PPR ESPN leagues. Um, And although his volume share has dipped a little bit, um, his week six through nine matchups are really, really good against defenses that struggle against the pass. So in the coming weeks, you will see continued value and an uptick in Mohamed Sanu's production. Uh, I still like Jeremy Curse, even with – the um, emergence of Austin Safari and Jenkins coming out of uh, his suspension uh, got a couple of catches, uh, and Jermaine Curse took a little bit of a dip. Everyone would take a dip if you don't score two touchdowns like he did the week before. Uh, but even with that dip, 
Um, and Curse draws a tough matchup against Jacksonville this next week. But after that, it's smooth sailing uh, against Cleveland, New England, and Miami uh, as defense that have, defenses that have struggled so far this year against the pass. Uh, from the tight end perspective, with a lot of injuries, who is your uh, tight end waiver wire selection for this week? For my tight end selection, I think Ryan says it in our show intro, nobody should pick Cameron, excuse me, somebody should pick OJ Howard over Cameron Bray. I have Cameron Bray from Tampa Bay. I think he's going to, he helped out in week three. I think he's going to be good on week four. The Giants have allowed a touchdown to a starting tight end in each game this season. So look for Bray to step up. Uh, I like that. I think one of the things that hurt him this week was going up against that stellar defense from Minnesota. Uh, Jameis Winston struggled a little bit going 28 of 40. Um, and Jaquiz Rogers really struggled. So there was no real run game going uh, against Minnesota. So it didn't really open up anything. But he was 4 for 4 with 33 yards uh, against Minnesota. I have Vernon Davis uh, as someone that you should pick up if you are a Jordan Reed owner. And here's why. If Jordan Reed can struggles, struggles to continue to get onto the field, Vernon Davis can operate as your tight end handcuff. As much as I don't like using that terminology specifically for this position, um, you saw it this last week against a quality Raiders defense that Vernon Davis came in as the backup to Jordan Reed and produced and was a very, very uh, fantasy relevant player for those who picked him up uh, as a late addition, considering that Jordan Reed was scratched from the game before the game started. And so um, he has the chemistry with Cousins. Cousins is beginning to heat up, and I think you'll begin to see more 300-yard games from Cousins moving forward. Always a rough start. Uh, from Cousins over the last two or three years, but now Cousins should be an auto start moving forward now that he's warmed up. Uh, the other one that I have is Ben Watson, currently owned in only 3% of leagues, uh, and this one comes as a little bit of a shock. I know he didn't have any production in week one. A lot of that came from he just came off of a year off from a injury that kept him sidelined for over a year, but the Ravens' offense – likes the tight end position, regardless of Ryan Mallett or Joe Flacco. Now, Flacco really struggled this last week against a quality Jacksonville defense, but I think part of that was it was the London game. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the week last week, that the London game can be very, very tough to play and predict for players considering the time zone change, the routine changes, and everything else. Uh, now that they're stateside for the rest of the year, even if Ryan Mallett comes in as the quarterback and potentially replaces Joe Flacco, uh, rookie tight ends or younger tight ends, not the traditional starter, um, tend to come in and target tight ends anyway for the checkdowns rather than launching the ball deep. So regardless of who the quarterback is, I like Watson uh, moving forward. Now, um, I wasn't sure if I had you prep one of these. Did you have a defense that you like this week uh, yeah. to add? Yeah, I got a defense picked. I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons this week. If they're available in your league, go ahead and grab them. They're going against the Bills. I know Tyrod Taylor put up some numbers. I think he had 26 on the Broncos, but it's a home matchup against the Bills. The only thing I'd be a little bit concerned about is Shady McCoy having a breakout game. Yeah, I think um, I think Shady right now is a, a very, very 
good player to have. If you can look to trade for him, he's got a very easy schedule the rest of the way. Played a lot of tough teams the first couple of weeks, but you'll continue to see to see Shady produce heavily moving forward. Um, my defense uh, to grab this week is really a streaming defense because they go on a bye in week five, but it's Washington. Washington has played very well to start the season in getting turnovers in every game against quality opponents. Absolutely dismantled the Raiders and only gave up 10 points because of special teams blunders and fumbles. When the Raiders scored, they had a very, very short distance to go, which put the Redskins defense uh, up against the wall in those drives. And so uh, the only thing I don't like about it is once again, they're on a buy in week five. So really this is a play here and then look to drop them. Uh, but I like their matchup this next week um, as a play, as a defense to stream. And so uh, any other comments uh, that you have uh, for fantasy football this week? I think I have one more. Give me a second so I can pull back up my notes. Also for the tight ends, yeah, I have one more. Also for the tight ends, if you're in a deeper league, I take a look at Mercedes Lewis. I know the London game was a little bit funky, but Blake Bortles did look a little bit efficient. And at the same time, Blake Bortles is always throwing in garbage time, so he'll have somebody to throw to. So I would take a look at him. He's six foot six. You know, that's a big target in the back of the end zone, so you can always look for him to produce. Yeah, especially with uh, the absence uh, of some wide receiver talent there. Uh, I could see uh, looking there, um, depending on what you have at your roster construction, if you have an Eifert and you need something for the next couple of games, that's definitely an option. Or if Vernon Davis is already owned, you have someone like Jordan Reed, I could see that uh, being someone to look at. And so, um, Absolutely. And he also has a matchup week four against the Jets. Yeah, at this point, you play anybody against the Jets unless you are the Miami Dolphins. And really quickly, how bad did the Dolphins look yesterday? Yeah, uh, it was bad. On Sunday against the Jets team that has absolutely struggled. Against Miami, they looked like a quality team. Yeah, they looked like they had some targets on that side of the ball against Miami. So I don't know if that's a credit to the Jets offense or the abysmal Miami defense. Uh, well, if you wanted to ask Greg, he would tell you that it was Cutler's fault. But. <laughs> <laughs> He'd figure out a way to blame Cutler. Yeah, he would find a way to blame uh, Cutler. Uh, score update with three minutes to go. Dallas is ahead 28-17 to for those of you who are watching live. Uh, this show has been brought to you by Bluehost. Bluehost is the number one recommended web hosting company by WordPress.org. Every account features one-click WordPress installation. They have trained in-house experts available 24-7 and a help center full of guides, video tutorials uh, the more uh, and more to help you build your website. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee, and Bluehost also gives you over $150 in offers from Google, Bing, and other leading sites to help you grow your business. If you want to launch your business today, go to bluehost.com slash track slash skullking today. That's bluehost.com slash track slash skullking. So we want to thank you guys for joining us tonight for the waiver wire ad show as we covered a little bit of the news and notes and the uh, the players that you should be targeting to add to your roster this week, depending on what you are looking. We have covered every position as well as defense. If you're looking to stream a defense, 
Once again, we want to thank you for joining the show. I want to thank Dante for filling in for Ryan this week. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, and we'll no see problem, you guys man. tomorrow. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.